Oh, baby. Monday. Good old Monday. Good old Monday. With the fellas. What a treat. What a treat. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Kale, you got to hop in on this. Oh, let's go. We got a great show for you guys. What an eventful weekend. Great in weekend. Colorado sports. Great. Great weekend. Also, by the way, fall weather has arrived. Fall weather has Are arrived. Are we in late? Good summer? No, we're in fall. Remember, there's no, we're past bad summer and we're in right. just falls now. This is straight up fall. Football season is here. Um, but more importantly, the FIBA World Cup wrapped up. And I have some takeaways. Also, there's somebody hopping into the spotlight. You'll never guess who has injected himself into the story here. Uh, we're going to get to all of that. We're also going to talk about the most hyped teams in Denver. Yeah. Help me out. I got Harrison Wind here. Had a great weekend, man. I watched two football games. One was better than the other. <laughs> then I popped into the Nuggets G League tryout yesterday. As a, you tried Metro out? State. No, I did not try. I mean, everybody knows I'm retired. You're retired. So I, I did not suit up, but I was there taking it in. So great weekend. Can you imagine if Wind was like, I, I, I can't be on the show, you guys. I'm on the Nuggets <laughs> as a prospect. I'm a Nuggets prospect. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have made the team. I can say that just from the talent that was there. I, I would have been a little outclassed a little bit, but I was better than some of the people that did try out. Really? Yes. <laughs> there were some really bad players. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that segment. It's going to be a banger, but we have to start with our top story today, which is the FIBA world cup has wrapped up. We have our champion Germany. Congrats to Franz Wagner and company. Oops. Congrats to Dennis Schroeder, the Dennis Schroeder, best player in the world. The tournament MVP. You're right. The world champ, Germany. The best player in the say, world until somebody unseats him next summer. I do want to say that there was this idea about world champs, and everybody's like, how could you be the world champs? You didn't play Germany. And I just want to go, how can they be world champs? They didn't play the Nuggets. Well, because the Nuggets are made up of a team of international players. Correct. Well, though you put that, <laughs> I think they think not that. In all sincerity, it did make me wonder, could, could the Nuggets beat Team Germany? Yeah, they'd smoke them. They would, right? Yeah, like, it'd be, right. it would be like but, by 40 points. But Adam, they're not going to play, so we will never know. So we'll never know. But I'm just saying. I, I'm joking. The logic but I, of world champs was, well, they didn't play these other teams. And we're sitting here, and I'm just sitting here going, if Germany were to play Denver, I would bet hard on Denver. Yeah, and you'd be right. <laughs> but Germany is the world champs. The Nuggets are not. It doesn't matter. I actually don't. I actually this. think it does matter. And it, I actually am on that dude's side in all this. You are? Yeah. Oh, I'm, on, I'm opposite this side. Yeah, we, we are opposite. Yeah, yeah, we're opposite this one. Again, yeah. like, and it, it's even funnier now with how international teams now actually aren't just their national. Like, they bring in people from all these other countries. Because the idea is that's country playing against country. And the ergo, the whole world is represented, which one is not true. The qualification process filters out a lot of teams that probably should have qualified, but they don't for whatever BS reasons. Really? And then like number, I'm just, every, well, half of Europe, first of all, because the way they do it in the World Cup where they want Asia and right. Africa and South America equally represented, that a lot of your... This is why Eurobasket probably has the densest, like, top-to-bottom good talent. Agreed. The Olympics and the World Cup, they just... Half the teams get in because they qualified in their nation. Agreed, but, like, they had the best teams in Europe in it still. Uh, I, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and argue over this because it's I like do we're think not missing Switzerland in this World Cup. No, but there's still there still are good teams that don't make it every year just because only so many European teams can make it. That's the only point. But my point is there you could make the argument that it's no more or less representative just because the team names now are Germany, this or that. It doesn't mean that it's representative of the whole world in the same way where. Yes, the NBA is an American league where all of them are in the Americas, Canada and in the U.S., but yet they are representative of the whole world because that one actually is the best players from around the world competing in the same league. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> this is this is my only point. It's semantics. Like every dumb internet argument, it's just semantics. It's totally semantics. But again. But Germany is world champions. And the Nuggets would beat Germany. But they will never play. Well, so how can Germany be then? <laughs> because it's a global competition Again, with teams from different countries around the world. Semantic argument, and uh, we'll never get a consensus. Shout to Serbia and shout to Lithuania for not bringing in foreign-born players into their own programs. Um, but Germany does get Shouts. it. I thought they were a very impressive basketball team. I enjoyed the way they played. I thought they were great. You know, they did beat Serbia. Serbia had their chances, man. Yeah. Are you I watching thought, this game? Uh, I caught a little caught bit. Caught a little bit. Man, Serbia had so... they. 
Germany controlled the second half and Serbia was down, but Serbia stormed back in this run where I was kind of like, they're going to do it. Here, they, here yeah. it comes. Here's the run. And then even down to the final minute, man, they had great looks, great looks that they just couldn't convert on that would have made this game like even going into the final possessions, which uh, and with all the momentum. So um, shouts to Serbia. What a tough team, man. Played hard. They lost a starter right out of the gate in this game. Like in the first minutes, they lost a starter. They also lost a rotation player to a kidney injury. Yeah, that's right. They lost two players throughout this. <laughs> One of their dudes had to get a kidney removed mid-competition. Which is crazy. That's like a serious injury. Um, but Serbia, we're going to get to Serbia, I think, a little bit more in segment two because I want to spend a little bit more time okay. on them. Um, and then Canada gets the silver medal. U.S. does not medal. Does not medal in this in this event. I, I was surprised because when I woke up on a Sunday morning, all I could see was Mikhail Bridges' four-point play. <laughs> I thought they must have won with the amount of times I saw that highlight. Dylan Brooks goes for 39, which is kind of crazy. I didn't yeah. know he had 39 in him, uh, especially and on Dylan that Dylan Brooks, man. Oh, I is, this is going to be the worst Harrison turn. Dylan Brooks is a really good player. He is. He is. He's a great defender, first of all, and he's a little bit of a chucker. Um, he is a chucker. He thinks he's a way better offensive player than he is, yeah. but he can get hot as evidenced by the bronze medal game. Yeah. And he's an elite, elite defender. He just is, man. And um, people hate on him, and he brings a lot of it on himself. But Dylan Brooks is a really good player. He is a really good player. He does bring it a lot on himself, but you're right that he's become undervalued. Totally. And it will be interesting to see. There's always a scapegoat, man. There's always a scapegoat. In Minnesota, and he deserved a lot of it. He did bring some of this on he, himself he or totally whatever. He totally did, and he had some awful games. He shot them out of games yeah. routinely. He thinks he's way better offensively than he actually is, but he's still really good. But there's a chance that he got bl a little too blamed for yeah. Memphis. And Memphis, their whole thing about there's no world in which we'd bring you back, it might be one of those things like, why? You bring back some guys that are way more distractions or like yeah. way worse off, and he just kind of gets blamed for it. Um, but Team USA loses. They come in fourth. Pretty disappointing for the U.S. squad. That Embarrassing, I would say. I mean, anytime the U.S. – this is the flip side of the argument. Like, the U.S. is good enough that they should go into every tournament, you know, talented enough and, and whatever, that they should go into every one with the expectation of win or bust. But at the same time, they're not so good that it's surprising that they wouldn't win every tournament when they send out – what is effectively a second team, right? Like a, not not their their main guys or whatever. Not an excuse. I'm just saying that's the. It, unfortunately, it's black or white with them. It's either all or nothing, and they came up with nothing, and so now it's an embarrassment. Hundred percent, and like they should get dragged for this. I mean, Team USA should have won this gold medal. They should win every game that they're in based on the talent that they have. I think um, it's just these other teams. They have more chemistry. They have more camaraderie. They play together more, and they care more. That, to me, is like one of the biggest takeaways from every one of these types of tournaments, Olympics and even the World Cup. You've got Nikola Jovic crying after Serbia lost in the gold medal game. Right, 20, year old, 20 years old, has only played for Serbia a handful of times. He's bawling his eyes out after they lose in the gold medal game. Nobody on Team USA is getting emotional at all because they didn't medal, I'll tell you that. I think it, I think there's a little bit of a false equivalency, though, because of what these things mean, respectively. I mean, with Jovic, a silver medal is great, but he knows how close they were to a gold. There's this emotional thing and pride. Whereas in the U.S., these guys are all embarrassed about losing. Like, it's there's this added layer of, like, this is now going to... We have the stench on us. It's yeah. just a completely different dynamic. Well, I I just think there's a care factor on these international teams that Team USA doesn't have. But can you replicate that? Like, is it realistic to think that the U.S. players will ever have that same connection? We don't. Sure. Were you crying afterwards? You didn't even watch it. Hell no. But I've got to think that like putting on Team USA could elicit some amount of pride that just isn't there right now. I just think it's unrealistic to expect that to be the case. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But but I just think we're that's, never going to care. But the way I just they do. think that's a differentiating factor in, in these competitions, like team to team. For me, what's interesting about it is just for years, talent was the gap in talent was big enough that the world, the U.S. didn't have to do everything right, and then that broke yeah. in the late '90s. 
It happened in the, the World Cup competitions before it happened in the Olympics. But finally in the Olympics in 2004, the U.S. lost. And it was like, okay, we have to redo things. When they redid things, they kind of moved away from just the talent part. They tried to put in this idea of continuity and pride and all the things that you're talking about. But it was still this idea of we need to get our talented players there. And the margin for, for winning with the Redeem team in 2008 was pretty narrow, more, more, way more narrow than people remember it. They remember it as, oh, we put our best guys out there and then we steamrolled everybody again. They won comfortably, except for one game that was very narrow. But, but nonetheless, it wasn't as dominant. Like The world had already shifted. And over time, obviously, we all know the story. Like It became less and less important. And now the U.S. is in this point where they have to figure out a solution. You might even say that they need a hero. You might say they need a hero. We need a hero who's gonna do it. Oh no. We need a hero to save the day. Oh, there it is. <laughs> we need a hero. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Send out the sig the signal. We might have ourselves a hero. Not one to let the news cycle go on without him. LeBron James today is reported in the athletic by Sham Sharadia that he's not the hero we deserve. But he's the hero that we have here. He's coming out us. of retirement for he's this? He's coming out of retirement. Well, the word is, James was so moved, so moved by what happened in this one. He uh, was definitely up watching, I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, he definitely was up watching. That Just glued to his TV. According to Sham Sharania, John, I'm going to quote from the article here. James has spoken to Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, and Draymond Green. And they are all prepared to commit to Team USA in the Olympics. Separately? Phoenix's Devin Booker, Portland's Damian Lillard, Sacramento's De'Aaron Fox, and Dallas's Kyrie Irving also have serious interest in committing, mm. according to league sources. I want to see a live cam on De'Aaron Fox trying to get into that group chat. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Ron, can you add me to that, please? Well, first of all... Why isn't this going through? First of all, if we're talking next summer, he's not the worst name on the list of people that are being thrown out. Also, they, that's like a lot of point guards that they just named. A little guard a heavy. Of, a little, little guard, guard heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like they watched dead, uh, Team USA get out-rebounded and out-bigged, and they're yeah. like, what if we had more point guards that dribble a lot right austin reeves thought he was going to have some goodwill with team yeah. usa going and playing the world cup going to manila and he's just like uh, not doesn't even get in the tryout now i this is just it gets better though it gets better oh please lebron james who has not played for team usa since 2012 over 10 years mm -hmm. will turn 39 in december and durant a three-time olympian and gold medalist who will be 35 by next summer they're viewing the paris games as a quote last dance <laughs> Well, With the next USA thing I was going to say is they need some catchy team name or some, you know, Redeem slogan. Team two, Dream Team 3. Yeah, but it could just be the last dance now. The last dance. And then lastly, Embiid remains in play. Here's what I love about this, Harrison. Here's what I love. Basketball, I always say it's a spiritual game. Talent wins out when everything's equal, yeah. but talent doesn't make up for everything. You can be the more talented team but not the more connected team, not the more well-rounded team, whatever. So all these other parts matter. What we've learned about, we'll call it the LeBron era Team USA, because in many ways it started in 2004. LeBron and his rookie, coming off his rookie season, is on it. They lose. Then he's on the Redeem team, right? Yep. And this whole thing is a chain reaction of those events. Well, have we come full circle? Because I might call that... A super team. <laughs> it's definitely a super team. Is that a team. team that's played together? Is there the continuity? Is that what the idea is? It's is definitely a super team. Um, there aren't enough basketballs to go around. I feel like... It might I, be good enough. It's just... It might be good enough. It might. It probably is good probably enough. probably is. But I can already see a couple of Brandon Ingram situations percolating. <laughs> well, we'll get to that part in a second because that's and a big part And I'm of also hearing that this team is going to be coached by Drew Hanlon. <laughs> yeah, Drew Hanlon. Yeah, he's coming in. I'm, I'm hearing that he's <laughs> Maybe uh, it's Ty Lue, the honestly, target like, for the coach. <laughs> it's probably just going to be Ty Lue. But no, in all sincerity, though, this is the thing is it might work, but it still disguises this fact of like, it's just the U.S. doubling down again yeah. on, you know what? We want guys that are committed to a program and build continuity totally. and a well-rounded roster, not just stars. And now LeBron's like, you know what? What if we just did a clutch team and yeah. like we just send all of our guys in this or that? And so to me, it's I again, I'm very patriotic, and I, this isn't a thing that I'm like anti-American or any of this. I'm a pretty patriotic person, like proud of you know the U.S. or this or that. But this is one where I look at it and I go from a basketball standpoint because I love the game of basketball. I look at it and I go, man, 
I don't want this to, I hate the super team idea. I hate the idea of we don't have to learn any of these spiritual parts of basketball, how to work together and fit in and everybody sacrifices. But instead, let's just roll out. Let's just throw all that to the side and go do this. And then the fact that it's built on the biggest pillar of, you know, none of this is coincidence. When that's put in quotation marks, last dance, that we're, they all feel like this is a last dance. You know what this is really about? Kobe Redeem Team, 2008. Yeah, this is about legacy. Kobe, 2008. Let me go show the young guys, the, the old general. I'm going to show them how to win. I'm going to be the old wise one that goes. You can think about even the dream team or this or that. This is LeBron being like, hmm, I know this script. I know because I wrote the lead part for myself. Dude, Spring Hill Entertainment wrote this up years ago. There's going to be a camera crew. There's going to be dramatic music. Yeah. There's going to be all these things. And I just look at it and I go, man, all of this feels like it has no soul. And it's also like I almost just am, I'm reading all these things in the wake of the World Cup. And I'm going like, oh, I hate this, especially Joel Embiid is not even from the U.S. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> got to recruit Joel Embiid. When you get to that point, there's so much disaster potential that that's where like my rooting interest comes in. And I would love to see these dudes fail like that. That's my uh, thought on this. There's so much embarrassment potential here, but you're right. It feels icky. It feels gross. And I think I said this on last week's show that you, Team USA and Canada, they play an NBA style and everybody else you know, plays more of an international style. Right. And the NBA style is mitigated a little bit on the FIBA stage, on the Olympic stage where you don't get the same type of ticky-tack calls. You can't bait refs into giving you fouls the court's a little smaller big men are just a little bit more important the nba style it's not as effective on the global stage as it is in the nba but when you have that much talent i don't know if it's gonna matter like that much talent right. is gonna overcome the the play style differences in the fiba game and and the nba game so they probably win gold maybe easily but I want to see it just in case they lose. All right. All right. Well, let's take a break. We're at our, our first break period here. On the other side, though, Team Serbia coming in second, but they did qualify for the Olympics, as did Team Canada. We're going to get to that and what's next for Team Serbia, as well as a look ahead to the Olympics next year in segment two. Guys, DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL is back. Football's in full swing. College football as well. Uh, with another week of epic games coming up, Who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Bet $5. Your bet doesn't even have to win. It can lose, but you get $200 of bonus bets instantly. Uh, all DraftKings customers also can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL action uh, on week two with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code DNVR to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 in bonus bets instantly only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Give them a call or visit www.1800gambler.net uh, in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Food Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions also apply. Uh, also, guys, check out Volo Sports. If you're looking to make friends, if you're looking to play sports in Denver, and you're our age, check out Volo Sports. It's the largest social sports company in the United States. Um, you can sign up for the Volo Pass. It's, in month, it's a monthly membership program that gives unlimited access to sports events and social activities every single night. Um, it's $20 a month, minimum three months or 200 bucks for the year. They got leagues throughout the city, Lodo, Rhino, Uptown City Park. No matter where you are in Denver, they got a Volo League. Uh, so go to volosports.com slash Denver, volosports.com slash Denver. Use the code DNVR10, get $10 off at Volo Sports. 
Sports.com slash Denver. I see in the comments here, Mint01 says, USA doesn't need a League of Shadows. That's a DC reference, right? Isn't that DC? It's not Marvel. League yeah, of League Shadows? of Shadows. Yeah, League of I Shadows. I don't know either. Just a decent cover for every position. So let's say Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, LaMelo Ball. I agree with him, by the way. Like, this is the thing. This is part of what's so icky about it is you can out-talent it, but there is something, too, getting guys that actually fill, fulfill every role. And Bam's, who, by the way, is rumored to be part of it. That was this year's team was supposed to be, though. Yeah, I mean, kind of. They didn't really have the size. Dude, until they lost, everybody was talking about how well-constructed of a team this was. That that's, was the that's narrative. That's what was so ridiculous. By the way, Team USA didn't beat anyone good. You know that? They were <laughs> in the know. pool, and they played all bad teams, and they won the, the, won the first easy <laughs> one. Know. Then they played the tough teams and lost. Oh, no. Like, part of this is, like, uh, some of this. But you are right that there was. And I'm telling you. Although, the second I saw Josh Hart was moving into the starting lineup, right. I think that's when I knew it was over. I'm telling you. it's Bro ex- can't even start on the Knicks. It's ex-Lakers, <laughs> man. They get all this hype. Same with Austin Reeves, who's a really good player, but somehow got elevated. So to is like, Josh Hart. Josh Hart's Josh a, good a great player. player too. Yeah, very good player. Can't be starting for Team Can't USA though. Um, Serbia coming up had a very interesting one because they got the silver medal, and I think that they outperformed expect most people's expectations. I think yeah. talking to a lot of our Serbian followers, I think they're happy with a silver. Absolutely. But it always is tough when the team they could have won. You know what I mean? Like even if you're happy going into it, said, "Hey, if we can get a medal, this will feel like a success." But then when you're right there, one minute away, wide open shot in the corner to tie it, you got all you got that chance. It was Guterich, right? Guterich. He missed the the wide open shot. He actually missed a couple shots that could have really swung it. But so I think there's a little bit of a bittersweetness to all of this. But they do qualify for the Olympics. And I'm sitting here going, Serbia represents to me a little bit the opposite of Team USA in a lot of ways, and that that was just a true team. Like they really played together. Mm-hmm. There is this sense of pride amongst the people that played. I know people are unhappy with the guys who didn't, but there was this sort of you know um, balanced style of basketball that they had. But I still feel like they need a hero. We need a hero. Who's gonna? Yeah, we're getting a lot of run now. We need there it is. Oh my God. We got the bat signal out for Jokic. Now, this is the part that I think is going to be a little bit um, I, a little bit interesting. Because for me, I told you this, Harrison. Going into this tournament, I had a prophecy. And it's kind of true. You a, had a vision. I had a vision, you might As say. As people on this show are prone to have. Yeah, sometimes we have visions, man. And I had a vision of Serbia doing exactly what they did, yeah. getting a silver. Now, in my vision, I thought it was Team USA. Maybe I did the thing where I, I didn't fully listen because I thought I, I projected you right. know, a little into the vision thinking that it would be Team USA. But nonetheless, it was a silver, which is obviously great. But I watch this and I go, Yoke's not the type of superstar that messes up a chemistry team. Yoke's not the type of guy that would join this team and say, all right, you guys couldn't get it done. Everyone get behind me. He's the type of guy that I always thought he misses this one and plays in the next one. I just thought that was how this was going to shake out. And now I'm looking at it and I go, Harrison, my, my vision was that what if Yoke won back-to-back NBA titles and the exact same trajectory as Michael Jordan, age 28 season. And then he goes into the summer for the Olympics and wins an Olympic gold and then comes back and gets the three-peat and is in the exact timeline, career-wise, as one Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I said this is on the table, not only on the table, but I'm having visions of it. I look at this and I go, man... Serbs, there's a portion of Serbs that are fine with Jokic and his decision and a portion that are not. And we know that we know this from eras past. Most Serbs that don't that get pissed at Jokic in the times when he misses an international competition, they come back when he goes back. Like they kind of everybody kind of goes like this. But if he came back and not only helped them get over the hump and win a gold, but does it at the expense of LeBron James's greatest super team ever assembled yeah. in his era, to me. Is there a brighter timeline than that? No. Is there, are we arriving at the brightest timeline possibility being teed up? It's the brightest ever timeline. It's brighter than all those timelines we've ever talked about. You know, back when we were throwing RJ Hampton into the brightest timeline. Definitely brighter than that. <laughs> That's so true. We did have an RJ Hampton brightest timeline for a at, while. There. RJ Hampton bowl, at the bowl. two. I mean, bowl, bowl, you know? like can you RJ Hampton it? at the two. No, man, it would be an incredible timeline. It it would be an incredible just series of events. And it would be even sweeter if Joel Embiid did play for Team USA. (laughs) That would make the brightest timeline even brighter. 
It would be awesome. Um, I think I definitely think Serbia feels a type of way about Nikola Jokic right now. Right. Not playing this summer and this team being able to do this without him. That being said, I think they would embrace him coming back to the team next summer for the Olympics for a chance to make a real run. And, you know, maybe it triggers something where Jokic signs up. Micic is back. Mm. Um, <laughs> or maybe not. I mean, <laughs> maybe they're better without him. Uh, you said it. Not jury's me. still out. Yeah. But, um, you know, m- maybe this is like the golden generation, the brightest timeline for Serbia's roster as well, coming together and meeting this retirement home redeem team 3.0 in Paris. And it'll almost feel great again. Serbians taking, by Drew taking this pride in, and by the way, shouts to Ogi getting a medal. Ogi joined the coaching yeah. staff. I mean, my real brightest timeline is that Ogi eventually take. I just love Ogi, and it would be cool to see him rise to the ranks. I know that would be an incredible thing for him oh, um, and taking over that program at some point. But um, it would be kind of cool for Serbia to very quietly assemble their own super team, which is actually just their team, but everybody playing yeah. Lucic, Kalinic, you know, all the guys come back for it. Um even a little part of me wouldn't mind a Teodosic comeback. He's kind of oh, like... Is, is he forced. not in the Micic category? He, he, he might be. I think <laughs> I like him maybe a little bit more than Micic as in terms of this team. But no, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying... Do you think um, Nicola, like LeBron, you know, he's already been recruiting players. Do you think Nicola's popping back into the Serbian group chat and being like... Fellas, <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I don't. I, doubt I ain't it. hard to find. I will say that I'm a, coming. A lot of the guys on the team are very close friends to him. He's told us this. Yeah. That like that. That's his favorite part is being able to be around all those guys so intimately for you know two months basically. I'm just saying it would be really cool if that team did all coalesce. Like, here's where I disagree with Serbs. I can't tell Serbs how to feel. I can't even you know like they can all have their own feelings about these types of things. The only thing that I feel adamant about in terms that's not necessarily, in my opinion, perspective, it's really just I think how it is, is that the world is different now than it was in the 90s. It was in the 80s. These guys do have different schedules. Training's different. Their injury risks are different than they were in those eras or what have you. You can value those. That part is subjective. But the part that is like, hey, man, it's just different now and how these guys need rest or what have you. So... If they were to kind of come together and it was a feel-good coming together, and by the way, winning a gold, and not just a gold, but in the Olympics, no Mm -hmm. less, which they haven't done since 1980 when the U.S. boycotted. Not that many teams have won an Olympic gold medal in basketball. A lot of FIBA World Cups, you know, European Championship, this different things, but not a lot of Olympic golds to go around. If they were to able to snag one of those, to me, it would just be such a cool story for them as a nation. But separate as a nation, just as my love of basketball, it's not that I hate Team USA because of you know America. This I hate it because of it. Just feels to me like the wrong approach to basketball. But if that team was able to come together and go up, I just would love to see it. I'd love to see me it, too, and man. I would not. On paper, you would look at it and say they have no cho- chance, and part of me would look at it and be like, perfect. Uh, I think they'd have a great shot, man. Like we've already seen how. Team USA, it's just it's just different on a world stage. The style is different. The effectiveness of these guys is different. I think Serbia, with all its guys, would have a great shot against Team USA. Yeah, I mean, even with those Team USA guys like Tatum, Booker, Anthony Davis, can they guard Serbia? I don't know. We'll see. I think it would be pretty incredible, man, and it would really and also. Part of why I always love basketball and I love the soul of basketball. When I in our in the documentary 100 Invisible Threads, one of the things I put out there was when Yugoslavia broke up going into the 92 Olympics. As a nation it broke up and as a basketball team obviously it broke up as well. The dream they didn't get to be a part of the dream team story. It was the dream team ran through and smacked everyone and that's in the story. There was a team that was made up of by the way NBA players, Dino Raja, Danilovic, Georgievic, Vladi yeah. Divac, um, had the country stayed together, um, you could have even got um, Drazen, Petrovic. Mm-hmm. Like, this could have been a real team that was like, at that time, there wasn't a lot of European NBA players, but they had a bunch of them. 
it wasn't that they would have won, but I do think it would have changed the soul of basketball in a little in a little bit. And that soul continues to today where LeBron says, you know what, let's just throw some guys together. This is how we win in the NBA. It's how we win in the Olympics, how we win every level of basketball. Let's just throw them together. And I hate that. I don't think it's a, a truth. It happens to be true when your talent is as much greater as the U.S.'s relative to everyone else. But it's not the whole truth. And I hate that this idea that it can wash over parts of basketball that to me are so sacred. And that's what really bothers me about it. And that's why I feel so strongly about these things. So anyway, brightest timeline, new brightest timeline just dropped. And I kind <sighs> Get of the graphic ready. And I kind of feel like it's the stages at least set that it's they're going to have a chance for that to happen. I don't know if yeah. that happened. I do think the brightest timeline also has uh, Coach Pesic finally moving away from uh, Dayan Davidovich. Yeah, man, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, Coach Pesic can't quit this guy. He's yeah. like Michael Malone's Tory Craig. Yeah. He's he's got to be done though. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> filter out of the uh, out of the rotation. <laughs> Serbian Cody Zeller for sure. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we got some mailbag questions, and also we got to hear from Wind about his tryout with the gold. Oh yes. Uh, guys, Kind Love is our go-to dispensary here in Colorado. They're locally owned and operated. They've been in Colorado since 2010. That's when they were established. They're an official partner, DNVR. Like I said, they're local. They're our go-to. They should be your go-to as well. You can visit one of the Kind Love stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mentioned DNVR. Receive the exclusive dnvr discount 25 percent off all kind love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line you can also visit their website kindlove.com use the code dnvr for online ordering as well you can see their extensive menu there of course kind love has their new game-changing product in the industry the turbo core the 100 milligram stick that looks like a toothpick behaves very differently than a toothpick though we're gonna have to start branding the Nuggets starting five as the Turbo Core. <laughs> we start asking who has joined the Nuggets as Turbo Turbo Core. Is Peyton Watson in part of the Turbo Core? Yeah. Also, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or how much I am, but I think there's gonna be a cool little announcement from DNVR and Kind Love coming pretty soon. Very very soon. I've seen very, it. It's very beautiful. Soon. Uh, visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR. Get the DNVR discount, 25% off all Kind Love flour uh, and pre-rolls. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR and the beer of the month. It's the Broncos Country Pale Ale. Uh, make sure you got some of these chilling in the fridge. Make sure you're drinking some Broncos Country during Broncos games this year. Uh, if you're local, stop into the DMVR bar. We got Broncos Country, of course, here. $6. It's the beer of the month all September long. You can get it here at the DMVR bar, Breck Brew, the official beer of DMVR. And we are back. By the way, shouts. Serbia wasn't all bad for the weekend. They did get uh, Djokovic getting his 24th Dude. major. I watched a lot of tennis. You were joking about me being a tennis guy. I watched a lot of the U.S. Open. I thought it was I was into it. Was it. Coco awesome. was incredible. I watched so much U.S. Open this year. Yeah, yeah. Alcaraz is really like fun, and he had a horrible meltdown. Like that oh, was, was kind of crazy. Cool I've never like, seen him get his butt kicked like that. It he, was wild. He looked like you know what he looked like a twenty year old. I mean, he looked like a kid because <laughs> like you see it where he just kind of broke his focus or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then of course the goat uh, Djokovic getting his twenty fourth, rocking the Kobe shirt afterwards. Um, yeah, he's yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, whatever because yeah, number twenty four. 24 so they it was that all, that's almost like uh is that lebron territory it's kind of yuck to bit? me yeah. <laughs> is that lebron level of cringe it was so planned but it was still kind of a cool i, I dug yeah. the tennis is kind of fun to watch um, love tennis you went to try out with the gold i did um well owner of the gold steve jabbar hit me up and he was yeah. like man this tryout needs a little wind in its hair so, <laughs> so of course I couldn't There's a turn him down. He actually said that <laughs> he, he didn't say exactly that. that would have been great. He was, um, he was like, "Yeah, we need you down here." And I was like, "To try out or just to hang out?" And um, he goes, "Yeah, start stretching." So um, he wanted me to try out. They might have wanted me on the team. I don't know, but yeah. um, everybody knows I'm retired, so I did not actually try out. But I was there, and it was cool, man. Uh, they have one tryout here in Denver. They have one in Grand Rapids coming up as well. That one apparently is usually a little more talent heavy <laughs> than the one in Denver, just because they're pulling from Chicago, yeah. the Chicago okay. area yeah. as well. But, Shots um, fired at Colorado Hoops. <laughs> I mean, we know what Colorado yeah. Hoops is. But no, there it was cool. Uh, I, I'd say there was like three 
groups of players there. There were the average Joes who were just there, you know, to get a jersey, to get the official letter from the Nuggets saying you did not make the team. Uh, that was about, I'd say, 60, 70% of the people there. Mm. Um, and then there were... How long do they get? Like, what? how long of it before they get that cut? So what happens is the trial was, I think, three hours long. Jeez. And that alone would have filtered out some of the people like me. I'd have been like an hour and a half in like, are we the first hour, (laughs) the first hour or so, you know, you're mixed up with everybody. You're doing drills, you're doing, you know, different types of stuff. And then I think for the last hour or so, they, um, they announce like the 10 guys that are in the final group or it was more like 15 guys, but then they play a five on five game with just those dudes. Yeah. And, um, Everybody else just kind of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the second group is, I call them like local legends. Yeah. You know, guys that went to high school here, right. went to college Really here. good players. Really good players, um, but maybe not quite serious enough. People, people don't, I'm telling you, people don't realize how steep the curve is at the top. Yeah. Like, I think in my heyday, I'm, I'm not saying this just to be arrogant. I think I was a 98th percentile hooper, but... I was closer to 50th percentile than I was to 100th percentile yeah. just because it get the gap as you go up there just becomes so insanely yeah. you know separating. And then you had the top group which I'd say there were probably six or seven of these guys. They could be lower end G League players. Right. And that's yep. who they were looking for in this right. workout. You know, the last couple guys on the G League bench. Right. And um I think there were a couple of those guys. Right. Yeah. Um like there were any any names like local legends category or even Dom Collier, okay. who was a star at Denver East, played at CU, was never great at CU, but, but he was there. First of all, when I told you Dev and I lost narrowly in our three on three tournament, mm-hmm. he was he was on the squad we lost to. Yeah. So, so he, I think he was lost um, by one shot though. We were this close to yeah. beating him. He was not in the like one or two best players there, yeah. but uh, he was probably tier two. Yeah. But he was good. He's like six two. He's like a little small. Yeah, true point guard. Um, plays the right way, for the most part. But um, no, those are like the three groups of players. <laughs> I did walk in the gym. Tryout got off to a rough start. I did walk in the gym. Somebody immediately blew up his knee. Oh no! I, I'm not kidding, man. I was there for five minutes. They were already getting a stretcher out for this one no. kid. Yeah, and he was one of the guys. I don't remember his name. I don't. I, I don't don't think I was told who he was, but he was one of the guys that actually had an agent. Some of the guys that yeah. came, like the top tier players yeah, that came yeah. to this thing, have agents and like they're on the radar or radar already. He was one of those guys. Guy gets wheeled off in a stretcher, not even five minutes into this thing. Felt bad for him. That is rough, man. Yeah, but I mean, by the end, there were a couple guys that you know it was pretty obvious were a cut above the rest. A couple athletes too, man. Like a couple guys that could jump out of the gym. And um, Nuggets front office was there. I was going to say Nuggets personnel had to be there. A bunch of people from the Nuggets front office, obviously from the G League, too, where where these guys are going to be playing. Ben Tenzer, gold basketball operations. Ben Tenzer was there. Tommy Bracelets was there, assistant GM of the Nuggets. Uh, Some Nuggets assistants uh, that I saw there as well. So it was Andre. Was not, was Professor there? Andre I did Miller? not see Andre Miller there. Really? He's not looking at his upcoming <laughs> players? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see him. But right. Travis Armena, yeah. Nuggets assistant, who's the associate head coach yeah. for the gold this year, is getting the bump up. We've been at this there. long enough that we're, as we've seen guys like him go from video coordinator yeah. to like low-level assistant to now assistant at the G League team. It's like kind of, first of all, it takes forever, the ranks for guys to climb, but it's kind of yeah. cool. JB... You know, there's been a handful of guys, even Tommy Balchettis, who was yeah. like, you know, analytics at the start. Now he's right. assist- he's general manager. So right, right. So yeah, it was cool. Uh, it was cool to watch it unfold. Yeah. Um, also, over the weekend, obviously CU plays against Nebraska, beats them pretty handedly, um, and then the Broncos lie. I mean, we won't talk about the Broncos too much. But the thing about the reason I brought it up was for the first time in my life. The place to be this weekend, if you were a celebrity, a celebrity was not the Broncos home opener and season opener. It was Boulder. Who was there? The Wu-Tang Clan. (laughs) A bunch of Nuggets players. 
Yeah. A bunch of NBA players that aren't. Jalen Green was there for some reason. Jalen Green was Jay, there? Jalen Green was at... at was he trying to confront Eric? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, I, I mean... Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith. I mean, who else am I missing? It was like it was a who's who. I, it was a who's who of a row. I mean, I saw like just walking around like there was crazy people. Like, I mean, obviously Derek White was there, right. and like it was it was insane. And you guys, Andre can, Robertson, shout out. And you guys can look at our numbers across the DNVR network, and you guys will notice something. We used to be top dogs here at DNVR. <laughs> the, the the Nuggets beat that is our show is being top. The Buffs have like. A hundred x us, you know, in terms of a discovery. And it, the reason I say this is Coach Prime has really taught me about the levels of fame, right? Because the Nuggets win the title. We saw like, oh, this is what it's like. Our bar is popping. Everything's going is going awesome, this or that. And then when Coach Prime gets here and just wins two games and is way up here, you kind of realize how different that level of fame and popularity and yeah. intrigue is. It's completely different. CU football is the biggest story in sports, and it I is. don't think it's close. It's true. It's by far and away the biggest story in sports, and it might remain the biggest story in sports until the end of the college football season, depending on how good they are. Until they lose, for sure. I am curious if they lose or win, and if they lose, like what happens overall. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we don't want to do this all about the buffs, but they do have you know some big games coming up before too long. But Buckets, as we get into our mailbag here, Buckets since signing uh, 86? 88 buckets i think 88 i think it's 80 he's a Let's couple years older yeah. than me all right bucket since 88 uh he says rank denver uh please rank current colorado teams on the hype meter first of all the cu is number one and they're kind of in their own tier they might be three tiers separated from the number two team right now the nuggets are the reigning nba champions yeah with the best player in the world yeah and, and about are, to go to trading camp in San Diego. <laughs> and about to go to trading camp in San Diego. First of all, couldn't be more different in their approach. The way the Nuggets run their like, you know, media relations and yeah. marketing and all those things versus CU. CU, how what was it? Eight hundred and something media people at the CU game. They yeah. handed out eight hundred media credentials last year for the home opener. They handed out four hundred and thirty-six or something around they there. Four hundred. That's kind of last surprising. year. Yeah, I mean, there's just a That's lot with double, like with TV his. TV crowds and stuff. Yeah. You have to. TV That's cruise. still way more than I expected. Four hundred. I did not think it was like that. But nonetheless, eight hundred. You know, we see the videos with RG. He's on the field. He's in the locker room. He's running. He's out the pretty tunnel. much in the huddle. He's riding Ralphie out, out on the stage. Like yeah. he's he has unbelievable. I mean, their Coach Prime's thing is every access not to everyone, but I'm saying if you earn sort if, of the trust. If, yeah. It's access if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing, then he's like, you know what? Come in here. All these if people. If you're putting out good shit. They video his live. Like, Dion has a camera on him 24 7, as does the entire team. After once, the, and you watch, because it's not just our vlogs, but you watch anybody else's. Whenever they put a camera in front of the players, the players are talking to the camera. It's almost like they just, it's part of their world. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, and most of these pro teams, it's the opposite. With Broncos in particular, they don't want any, they can't even take pictures. Uh, you can't even this. talk about a practice. And I sit here and I go, Coach Prime, whatever you think of him as a coach or whatever you think of him overall, he mops the floor with everyone else in terms of how do you market in the 21st century? Yeah. Everybody else is living in the 20th century. They think they still remember the old days when it's like, all right, we got guys flying on the plane and we got to, you know, hold, hold, close it. They're living in that century. He's living in this new one. And as you put it, they are the number one story in all of sports, not just college football, which itself would be the craziest thing, but all of sports. Yeah. To push back on that slightly. He obviously knows what he's doing. He's yeah. the greatest marketer in sports. What he's doing, though, is more important in college than it is in the pros. In because what way? the big reason he's he operates the way he does, I think the biggest reason he operates the way he does, is for recruiting. It's to get eyes on the program. It's to say, this is where you want to play college football. And to make money. I mean, he's also doing it to make money. Yes. To make them popular. Yeah. I think the biggest reason why there's as much access they're at, there's everything's getting filmed, every every camera is on everybody at all times is for recruiting. Like that that is the biggest reason. That that stuff just you don't need that at the pro level. Like you just don't need to recruit. What, what did 
everybody as say at much the finals? Well, you don't like have to recruit. you do in college. You don't have to recruit. But and you, that's the biggest reason why he he does things the way he does. I don't know if it's the biggest reason. When he was a player, he also was boisterous. He also just knew how to make the headline about himself. And I mean that in like a good way. Like he knew how to market himself. And I think that's the biggest reason. And then the recruiting is a, you know, that's part of what you win when you win that over. But also you win eyeballs. Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp fly out to see you yeah. on a private jet because right. that's the only way they can make it. But, but I like, think all of that is to raise the program's profile, but it's which also, is for recruiting. But it also makes money. I mean, Shadur Sanders is make, making more this year in NIL, just endorsement deals, right. than he would as a pro if he were to go pro. Like, he has made this a viable business, and he's trying to raise it bigger and bigger. So my point is, they're in their own stratosphere in terms of hype. Yeah. They're so far above everyone else, and they're doing things so differently. Um, and they're not just great among college football. They're the best story in sports right now, the most compelling one. I would say number two right now, <laughs> if you say in terms of hype, this isn't necessarily in terms of popularity, but just in terms of hype, it probably is the Nuggets in Absolutely. terms of hype. And then the Avs probably shortly after that, almost in the same tier because there's a lot of hype. The Avs are like the Nuggets. They just had a bad injury look last year. Both teams are going to have a great shot at winning a title. And then after that, I just think hype around the Broncos is kind of... I'll say Broncos because it's only 0-1, but... Yeah, they, Broncos is next. They're a week away from being down. I mean, they'll still always be there because they're never going to go below Rockies, never going to go below Rams. But I would just say that they would be... They're they're a, they're close one week into the season of just like people... If somebody invites them to do something on a Sunday, they're like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll miss the Broncos. That's fine. Yeah. I will say Sean Payton tried to pull a Deion Sanders in that week one game with that bullshit onside kick he tried right off the package man broncos i was like oh all kick. right sean payne's making this all about him okay <laughs> i i respect it but dumbass decision and i and all the other thing i'll say is I, I the only reason i push back on you though about the difference of a team needing it what did everybody say about the nuggets in the playoffs okay why is nobody talking about this team why is nobody all this stuff and i look at that and i go dion's not worried that nobody's talking about him Everybody's talking about him. He knows how to make people talk about him. The whole world's talking about him. Yeah. But he also approaches it just so completely different than these pro teams that, again, in my opinion, are living in a previous century. And they're doing it for safety reasons. Low risk, you know, low reward, but also low risk, which is more important to them. Whereas Dion, it's super high risk to have the cameras on him the way that he has them. Like, it could. Uh, what does he really have to lose, though? I mean, he's comfortable enough in it. Like, yeah. I, like he. What does CU football really have to lose? Well, did that's. The kind of the difference. Yeah, there's a little, there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, I, there's no way. Can the Nuggets ever catch where the Buffs are now? Could the Nuggets ever get there? No. I don't think so either. No. We actually, we've been talking about this in the office a lot. What is a sports story that could happen that would unseat yeah. Coach Prime and Colorado football, and I can't come up with one. It's Lebr I actually cannot come up with one. It's LeBron. If LeBron bought a team and then drafted his son or some, some of that nature. I don't think that surpasses it. I think it might. I, I, or it might equal it or, or be reminiscent of I don't of think it. so, man. I don't think there's something out there right now that could happen that elevates above what's happening in Boulder. What if LeBron retired and then coached USC? And Brody James, and he he be, and then started recruiting because I think LeBron could probably rope in a few five stars immediately. If he retired and coached his son at USC, there's a chance, but I still don't think it would be as big because college football yeah, is right so that. much bigger yeah. than what college basketball could That's ever be. That's a good point. And USC, yeah, you're right. Nonetheless, I do think it would be in the same stratosphere, just a different, sure. a lower level or what have you. But to me, I'm the same way. I just the Nuggets. It, my brightest timeline, if the Nuggets win next year and Jokic... Like, if the Nuggets win next year, the hype's still nowhere near that. But yeah. if the Nuggets win next year, especially if they win as convincing as they did this year, if they just kind of have a repeat where it's like, hey, guys, they weren't really challenged. You saw it. They were. They, it was easy for them. And then Serbia goes in and beats this new LeBron dream team or something like that, then I think the hype would actually enter that stratosphere mm -hmm. only because not just winning two titles that we've seen teams do that but if you beat a quote unquote american dream team in an olympics that's when all of a sudden people would start going hold on a second hold on is our calculations wrong about jokic which the answer is mm. yes but is this guy actually is he actually in those conversations Dude. that we reserve for only lebron and michael jordan and maybe a few others i can't wait for team usa to put him in a million pick and rolls <laughs> They're gonna spam pick a roll, and again, it's not gonna it's work not gonna because that shit doesn't work 
internationally. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, more mailbag questions. Some really good ones, by the way. Shady Ray's... Look, it's officially fall, as we heard on today's show at the start of it. But it's still sunny out here in Denver. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays, they've got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at affordable prices. If you go to ShadyRays.com, just scroll their website. They have so many different styles. No matter what type of sunglass you wear, they've got it at Shady Rays. Tons of different colors, shapes, sizes, whatever you want. Shady Rays has it. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. If you want to shop in person, they've got a location at Park Meadows Mall. The full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. Get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Also, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. They win for Colorado families. You probably see those two faces on every bus in Colorado. Uh, but if you are injured in any type of case where you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle rides here, pedestrians, trucks, Bax and Shanker can even help you if you're injured at work. Give them a call, 222-2222, to find out if you have a case for free. That is their phone number. Bax and Shanker wins, and they've won over $1 billion for their clients. They've got neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Hit them up today. They've got the strength and power to win your case. All righty, we're back here. Final segment. Let's run through some mailbag questions here. Kale, the first one I'll have you pull up comes from Meg. Um, NBA League Pass now goes back 10 full seasons. What Nuggets games would you recommend revisiting from the early days of the Jokic era? Say, for someone who didn't follow closely until 2018 or 19. Thanks. I love this question because some of those early days, I've always said that second season of Jokic's after his rookie season was probably my second favorite behind this one. Like this, <laughs> Maybe the bubble playoffs, obviously, but regular seasons, that one was just so fun because it felt like unwrapping a present every single day. So I made a list here. First of all, the real OGs will remember this one. Nugget Spurs in his rookie season. This came on November 18th, 2015. Do you remember this game? Uh, it's the Tim Duncan game. Yeah. But I just watched the highlights of this before we started recording today. If you can get past watching J.J. Hickson and Randy Foy, <laughs> you'll enjoy the highlights of this game. And Nikola Jokic, some nice defensive plays in this game. <laughs> couple blocks, couple steals. And on offense, he's honestly doing the same stuff he does now. He was 8 of 13 from the field. He had 23 points and 12 rebounds. This was his 12th NBA game. So to set the stage, his second-round pick the year before wasn't talked about. He comes into camp, he wasn't really talked about. Even Michael Malone, like he wasn't a storyline to the media yep. coming out of that. It wasn't like, man, you know who's surprising us in camp? Nikola Jokic. It wasn't that. Which it, is funny because he actually was. Because he was, that. but it was like at that time. <laughs> it was like, all right, this is kind of a fluke. <laughs> expectations were just so low for everything. You know, it was Moutier and then whatever else. But 12 games in, he drops a 23-point double-double against Tim Duncan and the Spurs. It was yeah. the first time when it was like, man, this guy... It, to me, that was when Jokic first arrived on the map in terms of like, hey, this guy's actually legitimately good, not just speculation or whatever. Um, the next one I have for you, Blazers Nuggets, December 15th. You got to go back and watch the original, the actual Yokemas Day. This Funny one, enough, he actually didn't have like an amazing game in that one. But you might as well watch it for because the vibe. It yeah. was like he only played 20 something minutes, too. But you'll listen to the broadcast and just know because if, if you recall, a few games before that, maybe three games before that, is when he, coming off the bench, just started crushing. Right. And he was playing awesome. And then that game was like, every it was past due where we were all like, finally, okay. We they were made, coming off a disastrous road trip. The obvious move has been made. Jokic is the starter, Nurk to the bench. And that was the vibe of the, even that game was like, oh my God, here it is. Like, yeah. this is everything we thought. So that one's worth it. But honestly, if you went back and just looked at Jokic's box scores, in December, from we'll say December 9th all the way through like the end of January, there's so many bangers in there. Uh, Nuggets Mavericks on December 19th, the first Sombor double almost had. <laughs> I love that we have the first Sombor double, on but here. It, it's because we were waiting for a triple double, and you were like, Oh man, this is when you're like, It's gonna happen. And he had like three or four eight assist games where you're like, Dang it, he's so close, just get over the hump. Um, Nuggets Wolves December 28th, always it's 2016. I always remember this one just because it was Jokic Towns. Jokic has the behind-the-back, one-handed throw to Wilson Chandler and dunks mm -hmm. it. He just had – I think that was the first game that had like seven highlight Jokic passes. 
Well, that's a thing on these early Jokic highlights. He tried some crazy shit. Like yeah. shit yeah. he doesn't try anymore. Yeah. He that, was a way like more um, risky passer back then than he is now. The vibe of that era was just great. It was like yeah. teams weren't guarding him that well at that time because they didn't know. So he was able to get a lot of highlights. Um, same season, January 12th against the Pacers, the London game. You remember they go to London? Sure. Shaq's call. He's got the over-the-head pass. It was uh, actually this I guy. I like this guy. I like this guy. Man, I like that's a true big man. But he had a lot of highlights and dominated that one. You have Nuggets Bucks on February third, first triple double. So you, that's a good one to watch. Nuggets Knicks February tenth, twenty seventeen. You remember this one? The forty burger. The forty in piece. the garden. Jokic was a great passer who could score twenty ish points. That might be the one I would go back and watch. That was when it was like, wait, this guy can score 40? Yeah. That's a, it takes a different caliber of player to score 40. Yeah. That was maybe the first instance of teams making Jokic a scorer. <laughs> I think he just was going at Chris Epps <laughs> no, Porzingis. He, he was. It was like, hey. He was not. He was barely on the scouting report then. So. Uh, um, you got Nuggets Warriors, the Wancho game. It's also Jokic's second triple-double, which comes February 13, 2017. Honestly, the best ball is popping game. Mm. One of the best ball is popping games of all time, but yeah. certainly of the first two years. Agreed. An all-timer. You would just giggle your way through that game. That was Kevin Durant's Warriors, by the way. That was a super Warriors team. Nuggets Celtics, December 13th. Gary and Murray go off. Do you remember this game? They actually lose it. But Gary Harris had 36 points. Murray, Against I think, two? had 29. The Celtics. And it was a game where Gary Harris just cooked Jalen Brown. Like, he had these crazy, like, behind-the-back Euro step, flip it up. Like, he had some crazy buckets in that game. The Nuggets lost this game? They did lose I, it, though. I don't remember it. I do remember the Celtics game where Kyrie <laughs> that threw one's the coming ball up. That one's coming up. Uh, Nuggets Suns, December 29th, 2017. Murray's 46-piece. I remember that one. This was his first big scoring output. And it that one, I think, is actually even better. The Celtics one came in bunches at the end of the game. That one, like, the first two minutes of the game, he hits, like, four threes. He just came out on yeah. fire and stayed on fire. That started the tradition of Jamal Murray cooking the Suns. <laughs> it really did. That it might have been one of the first Murray, like true Murray flurries too, because mm -hmm. he just was on fire. Nuggets Celtics, November fifth, twenty eighteen. That's the Murray forty eight piece. Kyrie boots the ball into the stands. Nuggets Kings on December 29th, twenty nineteen. Michael Porter Jr. ten of twelve shooting. Whew. Do you remember one of his first big scoring games where he just didn't miss and were like they were kind of tough shots? Yeah. And then, of course, Nuggets Pacers, January 2nd, 2020, MPJ, 11 of 12 shooting. Just two games that came very close order. Those came oh, in the same week. And he goes 10 of 12 and 11 of 12. Setting the stage for what was to come. Some instant classics. I think those are cool that those are on. By the way, later this week, we're going to be doing a rewatch of one of these playoff games. I'm not sure which one yet. I'll probably try to decide that today. Um Matthew asks, what are your thoughts on the NBA trying to implement the new rest rules and classification on who a star is and who isn't? Have you seen this, by the way? I did see it this morning. So the NBA is sick of teams resting both starters. So now stars. they're making a rule, or stars. Now they're making a rule where um, if you're a star player, you, the teams can't rest you at the same time they're resting another guy. Right. How are they going to implement this? Well, they've classified who's a star and who isn't a star. How? You have to have been an all-star or made the all-NBA team in the last three years. So Nuggets have one star. Jamal Murray's not a star. So weird, man. It's so weird. This is gotta be effective, is it? I, I think it's effective. I think it's a good it's a good way to try to curb uh, the rest. But how do you I'm just saying teams just have to get more clever about how they have injuries. Right. I mean, people will just say they're injured, so maybe it won't work. This is what it's gonna suck is we're gonna end up having a Jokic missing three games in a row with a hamstring injury with no information from the team, and we're gonna be like, Man, this is concerning. <laughs> when actually it's not at all. <laughs> I know. It's just that they're like, yeah, man, I don't know. We have to pretend he's hurt a hamstring. Yeah. I just uh, don't, who I don't knows. Know. I, I don't know if anything that they come up with is going to actually cure the problem. Yeah, I don't know either. Kel, did we have one more? Uh, we have super chats. All right, let's hit these super chats. I have a wind chime, too, though. Oh, was, let me hear it. I'm wondering if I should let it out on this show or wait. <laughs> what a, what a hater, what a tease. Man. What a tease. What Do you think people want a wind chime? I think people want a wind chime. Okay. Especially they wait to the end of the show. <laughs> uh, I have been told that the Nuggets are returning their entire coaching staff for next season. Their entire championship winning coaching staff is coming back. 
Michael Malone and all of his top assistants, even the the second line of the bench, I've I've been told that they have a 100% returning coaching staff next. Season. There you go. A lot of people thought maybe David Adelman gets scooped up or yeah. you know this or that, but I guess I they're running it back. I kind of assume that. But usually you win a championship and you can't retain yeah. you know one or two of your coaches. I wonder why Adelman didn't get scooped up, but I'm glad he's here. I do think that continuity actually helps. Yeah. I think it's great. All right, let's hit these super chats. Super chats in the offseason. Let's go, homies. Carlos Romero says, if Jogic and Serbia beat this proposed team, top 10 all-time guaranteed. I'm telling you guys, top 10 might be conservative. The Nuggets win a title and go in and Serbia wins an Olympic gold medal. I'm telling you guys, the conversations will get nutty around Jokic, and oh, I would be all for it. Yeah. Ghazi Benghazi says, Novak Djokovic pays tribute to Kobe. Any thoughts? We talked about this a little bit earlier. 24th uh, major, 24 for Kobe, and obviously Kobe is a inspiring athlete to most athletes, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. The mentality, and honestly, those things are, I think, you know, impressive and things that um, I think most athletes resonate with, like that that idea. So um, Djokovic, definitely a Mamba mentality type guy, oh, so yeah. I'm not surprised, and I don't really have any negative thoughts about him doing so. 24, 24, it makes sense. Mile High Singh says, do the Nuggets sign Cam... Pain, I think, not campaign. Should they uh, wind? So I'm the Reggie Jackson guy at this company uh, on this. You're show. announcing this right here. Yeah, I've never I'm, heard you be this guy. I'm this putting is, my flag down. I'm okay. marking my territory. Reggie Jackson's yours. I'm buying stock in Reggie Jackson. Okay, I think he's going to be better than he was last season, and I would rather him over campaign. There you go. All right, hit that outro music, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us on a Monday, a very news-rich episode. You're back again tomorrow? I am. Boat's back again tomorrow. So we'll have a little three-man set going on. And then keep uh, keep it locked on our Twitter account, guys, because we are going to be trying to start doing some rewatches of the playoffs this year. I'm looking forward to that. We just got to pick the first game. Maybe it's Wolves game one. I don't know. We'll have to look and see what of that first round was the best game to redo a rewatch on. Hit the like button. We'll see you later.